Anybody can ask for a raise. <laughs> Anybody can ask for more. Ask for what you're worth. Because you are worth it. <laughs> Hello, Hello hustlers. hustlers. Welcome to That Freelance Life Podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Harriet Stockwell. And I'm Brittany Beebe. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend that you try this at home. Welcome back to That Freelance Life Podcast. Welcome. Today we're talking all about money, honey. Give me that money, honey. Mm, mm. I need a dollar, 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 dollar is what I need. Hey, hey. <laughs> More like pound, pound, pound sterling. Yeah, pound, pound sterling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today is going to be all about uh, how to get the money that you are worth. How do you ask for it? And then once you've got it, how do you go from there? If you want to get a pay rise, if you want to take get overtime, if you want to take a holiday, you know, what are the steps? What are the things that you do and take and how to feel confident about talking about money? Money, honey. Couldn't have said it better. We're also going to talk about when you have the money, how to manage it a little bit, um, how to feel comfortable or as comfortable as you can as a freelancer with money. Um, and yeah, we're just going to be getting a bit vulnerable and a bit honest with our own day rates. We'll be telling you those. Um, yeah, so let's just dive right in. So how do you work out what to charge? And I think the best way to work out what to charge is ask. Ask around, you know, you're wanting to take the step to go freelance. We did the same thing when we decided to go freelance. We kind of just asked around. We did a lot of Googling first. Um, at the time when I went freelance, I didn't know anybody that was freelance then as I was new to, to London. So I would just Google and figure out what is a relatively good day rate for the kind of experience and the skill that I had. But now there are like so many incredible surveys out there, you know, major yeah. players, you know, Juno, Acquience, a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, we were recording in Harriet's bathroom and that was her toilet, her like toilet spray, toilet spray thing that just went. So yes, you can ask around. There are some incredible sites out there that give really in-depth insight into what is good day rate depending on your skill and your level uh you know juno which is a freelancer's website the major players a recruitment agency acquient another recruitment agency these are just a few that have done surveys every year to kind of relatively put out there what is a good day rate to charge according to your level yeah and the best thing about these surveys is that um in order to get access to the survey you generally have to give information to the survey so you'll have to tell them things like what your day rate is or what you charge for the work that you do and what your title is um but that's how they gather the information and that's what makes it so real um and sort of like real time i guess when you do manage to get onto these websites take a look at what your level is and figure out what is the good average day rates that people in your level and your field are charging uh if we just actually look at the you know juno's um, salary survey in the creative department and here we're talking about art directors copywriters creative directors and and such as the kind of averaging for junior is around the 180 200 pound mark and it starts going more to 250 to 350 looking at the mids and then seniors 350 to 450 600 
and so forth with Crave directors hitting up over the 450 mark. I mean, some people even charge up to the thousand. Uh, these are like super creative consultants. Uh, consultants. And things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then on, on the design side of stuff. Yeah. So on design, um, I mean, you're looking this is across all sorts of design disciplines. So we're looking at graphics, UI, UX, etc. cetera. Um, juniors coming in at about 130 that's very very low Um, most people are sitting around the 250 to 300 mark if they're mid to senior there's a couple of people bringing in what seems like 600 a day but again you know these are these are just parameters you know like they're just they're, they're just sort of like guides they it doesn't mean that that's what you have to charge yeah they're just sort of there to help you along the way and then if we kind of look into if you're in development you know, they give, they go into that. Um, development seems to be a lot higher, quite a skilled um, profession. The averaging out for people in development is around the 400 mark. Uh, again, looking at the different skill levels and you can go into depth. So if you are in development, take a look at the at the survey. Film in motion, averaging out here with the 300 mark. And then uh, project management, averaging out, you know, 250 and again, that can go up to 300, 400, depending on your skill level. And then if you're looking at social, so social media managers, analysts, and so forth, around the 250 mark as well. So definitely take a look at these. They're really informative. It can really help you out when you're trying to go freelance and figuring out what to charge. Well, So I think another, another way that you can find out about how much to charge is definitely by talking to recruiters because, you know, recruiters are there to make money through you yes the recruiter is always there to help you they want to make sure that you earn the most so that they can earn the most so they're a great place to look to for some guidance as to what you should charge they also know what everyone else that they have on their books is charging for a day rate but do also ask a few because i had one recruiter when i first began saying i would never get over 250 uh, and i came in three years ago into the freelance world in london I was heading into the senior level uh, as an art director, as a graphic designer, um, and he just kind of thought that made me feel like I would never earn more than 250. And then I worked at this agency and I was working with this copywriter. I was as, a, as I was working as an art director and I had this copywriter who was making 300. And I suddenly thought, oh, I want to be on the same level because we're doing the same job and we've had the similar experience we've had similar years working surely I should be on that as well and I then my contract got renewed and I said I would like to be on 350 and they didn't even bat an eyelid which made me kind of realize I really was undercharging myself so do ask ask the people you are working with if you are partnered up ask around friends definitely and I think if you're a woman Try and ask your male colleagues that you have open relationships with and you can chat to. Um, Yeah, just to make sure that there's no gender pay gap shit creeping its way into Mm -hmm. your day rate. I know it is really tough to talk about money. It's a societal thing that we have created where we are shameful to be vulnerable about what we earn and if we earn more than somebody we feel ashamed of that. If we feel less than somebody, if we earn less than somebody we feel ashamed of that. It's this constant cycle. It's just coated and cloaked in shame. And I think the more that we speak about it, the less of a taboo uh, topic it actually becomes. So we need to be talking about money more and more and more. So hence why we are on this chat. chat. Exactly. Because we do want to let you know what we charge. 
So I came into the industry, obviously having um, already knowing about what Harriet was earning. I also had other friends who were freelancing. I'd spoken to recruiters. I'd, I'd looked at these salary surveys and I'd thought that I should charge 250, but I, the first contract that asked me what my day rate was, I just took a swing at it and I was like 300, put it out there and see what happens. And honestly, like no one blinked an eye. It was absolutely perfect no but one bear in mind you weren't being unrealistic like no. you had how many years behind you oh by then eight eight years. years in the industry yeah you were running a department in your old job yeah exactly you were basically creative directing art directing graphic designing so you had your portfolio was great totally. you had the skills so as much as you may have felt like oh i don't know if i should ask for this it was backed by experience and skill. So you were it worth it, you know? I was definitely worth it. I still felt like a, a bit nervous about asking for it. But then I thought, you know, what's the worst that they can say? That's a bit much for us. Are you willing to come down? And I'd be like, well, I've actually been wanting to do 250 anyway. So, you know, I've got some like leeway of how much I can negotiate with. But yeah. they didn't. And they were like, cool, that's fine. Well, the trick is always to try go higher, obviously in a realistic manner, higher because you can always come down from high. You can never go up. Exactly. But then again, don't negotiate yourself too low or sell yourself short or accept the short pay because the more that many people accept lower prices and whittle themselves down and negotiate lower, it brings the market price down. Yeah, you do a disservice to the whole industry and all of your colleagues, really. Brittany and I are actually reading this amazing book by Alex Holder called Open Up, Let's Talk About Money. And we're learning so much about, you know, the shame behind talking about money, how to be vulnerable on it, how to talk to your friends about it, how to talk to your family about it, where all of your issues with money come from. Yeah. And to be open and talk about it so that you are in a better position, well informed to then be paid your worth. Yeah. And I think it's really important. So one of those big things that we had in the book was don't be negotiating so low because you really do bring the market price down. And then they almost feel like when you're coming in at 300, but the rest of the market are coming in at 250, you're like, well, that's not fair. It's not the worth. Exactly. We were actually talking to Bonnie, our recruiter, the about other day this, yeah. about this. And she was saying back in the day, there was like day rates for seniors, six to 800. And she's like, you don't even get that anymore. And what happened? People just... The market has been flooded with freelancers, which means that there's more people, there's more competition, people are willing to work for slightly less, and it brings the whole the whole industry's rate down. So please stop working <laughs> for less. So when you chat about what to charge, the topic of overtime pay always creeps up. So should you charge overtime pay? How much do you charge? Do you charge per hour? Like, how does it work? I mean, it is one of the reasons that you kind of, in a sense, go freelance, because it's very rare in the creative industry that permanent members of staff get overtime for all the hours and hours and hours of work that they do. And it is the benefit of being freelance that you can ask for overtime or that it, and it is uh, paid for. Absolutely. I think the most important thing to do um, when you're coming into a contract and you're before you actually accept the contract, ask them about overtime. Just say, hey, what's your overtime policy? Generally, it should be either... Um, build hourly so whatever your day rate is broken up into the number of hours that you are required to work you use that as an hourly t uh, an hourly rate every sort of hour that you go over eight hours or whatever you're contracted to work or it can often be one and a half times as well yeah so normally I think the rule is after eight o'clock is when you can start charging overtime and if it's during the weekday 
then it's times one but of the hour rate and then if it's on a weekend it's generally time and a half just always clear this up before you start a contract no one is gonna is gonna change the contract once you've already agreed to it yes so please please sort your overtime pay out agree on it negotiate on it very much before you sign the contract and start the job also you should be aware that most contracts require you to get permission from the resource manager prior to working overtime. So that means that when you're coming to the end of the day, you know that you are going to need a few extra hours to work on something. You realize you're going to have to work overtime. You contact the resource manager and you give them a heads up and you say, hey, look, it's two o'clock. I'm not going to get through all the work that I need to get done today. Um, I'd like to request to work overtime. It's probably going to take about two hours, three hours of overtime. So please, can you authorize this? Because that's the thing you aren't getting the benefit of having a secure job and getting benefits and things like that and your time is money and that is being a freelancer or contracted time is money time is money money is power power is pizza (laughs) and we like pizza (laughs) cool um and then when it comes to invoicing and payment firstly i think and try invoicing once a week like when it gets to friday send that invoice you know, that what that means is that you'll gradually start to have money coming in, even if you've not finished the contract yet. Most freelancers don't wait until the end of a contract to invoice for all the days that they've worked already. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, because also you need to double check what the payment terms are for the people that you're working for. A lot of the time it can be between 14 days to 30 days. But do check because some have 60 day periods and it really is tough if your money is coming in so late. 90 day periods, I've seen that as well. Yep. So as Brittany said, try when you do invoice every week because then once you pass their payment term date, you'll start getting money rolling in. What happens when a client has been invoiced and they are late on a payment? So you've said to them, you have 14 days to pay. They've agreed on that. And now they're late. So while we were reading Alex Holder's book called Open Up, this book about money and financial advice, we actually came across this really, really interesting subnote where she includes some interesting payment terms. I'll read these out to you and we'll make these available to everyone on our podcast through Instagram so that you can add these to your invoices. So here's the payment terms. Payment terms are 14 days. Please be aware that according to the Late Payment of Commercial Debts Interest Act of 1998, Freelancers are entitled to claim £40 late fee upon non-payment of debts after this time, at which point a new invoice will be submitted with the addition of this fee. If a payment of the revised invoice is not received, within a further 14 days, additional interest will be charged to the overdue account at a statutory rate of 8% plus Bank of England base of 0.5%, totaling 8.5%. Parties cannot contract out of the Act's provision. And it is really, really good to have on your invoices because I had an experience when I first started freelancing for a small independent agency and my invoices just weren't getting paid and it was going over the payment term date and I googled actually what to do, what are the legalities and laws that help um, freelancers in a situation like this. I did actually come across that term that Alex had put in her book Um, and I actually just copy and pasted it into an email and I cannot tell you I got paid the very next day. So it does give people a little bit of a scare and it's just to kind of have your back. A lot of the time I know everyone's busy and sometimes your invoices get 
piled up and they lose them and they forget about it but just keep on it you are your own boss you sometimes you have to take on the admin of following up people and chasing your money it is the tough part of the job but it is also the benefit because hey you're your own boss and it's great exactly so eventually you will also come to a point where you realize that you need to increase your day rate so i mean this could happen through a number of different ways maybe you overhear someone saying what their day rate is maybe you ask someone what their day rate is and they tell you maybe you're just being you feel a bit like unsettled with how much you're paying you think you're worth more fair enough yeah or maybe you have kind of got a lot more experience as you've gone through the months or years and you feel like you know actually i feel like i've moved up in a seniority it is a tough thing when you are freelance because you don't have a, a boss or a line manager who's there going hey you're promoted to like mid art director or senior copywriter but or, that's the beauty of it and then you kind of are the one who promotes yourself and obviously within reason um but there you do you're gonna have to also up your rate according to your skill level but as life fluctuates and absolutely and i think that probably twice a year is a good time to just relook at your own rate you know sure. maybe in the start of the year and then halfway through summertime just take a look at it ask around again make sure that you're up to date with how much everyone else is charging for things make sure that you take into account all of the skills that you have the new ones that you've picked up also all the websites that we had mentioned and the recruiters that put salary surveys together they do them yearly so you can also keep up to date every year what is the going rate currently so harriet how much do you think people should increase by you know i I, when i first increased i had been freelancing for probably about eight months at that point and i decided that i wanted to move from 300 to 350 because i knew that it was what copywriters that i was working with at the time were charging i thought it was only fair if you're doing 50 percent of the work and i did i told it was in the middle of a contract actually which i was i was quite grateful that they allowed me to do that but I contacted the resource manager and I said look I'm aware that my copywriter is earning this much or my creative partner is earning this much and I would like my rate to be increased to match theirs so to be increased to 350 please and you know I actually got such a nice message back that said absolutely you're completely worth it it was nice that was so nice yeah that was what made me feel really good and that's the thing is that don't be don't ask don't get yeah and the reply is never as bad as you think and what is the worst that can happen no but if you don't ask you'll sit there and you'll wonder and you'll get upset and you'll get especially if you're working with a creative partner and you know that their rate is higher than yours it can really eat eat you up yeah uh but and also to be fair sometimes you are if you're freelancing and you partnered with somebody that you don't know they might have a lot more years than you and more experience and 100 like you can weigh up those options and see like oh i get why they pay more or things like that but if you are on a similar skill level base and year base and things like that then 100 percent, like you should be getting equally paid absolutely you obviously go about asking or letting people know that you've increased your rate slightly differently to the way i do yeah so i don't really ask i kind of just tell um i kind of very on brand for harriet (laughs) um i think it's because through years of um being around friends who have owned their own businesses and a lot of people who have you know been their own bosses they've kind of instilled in me the strength and assertiveness of like if you want something you got to go for it and you just got to ask you just got to tell 
So when I went freelance, obviously first off, as I mentioned, I went on, I was at 250. Well, to be fair, I was actually on 226, 226. That's such a bizarre number. Because the recruitment agency was like, oh, that's what we get. And I think what actually happened was the rate was 250, but they obviously take a cut and that's why it became 226. But then I moved to 250 because another recruiter told me I would never get higher than that. And then obviously with the working with the copywriter and knowing her pay and we were on a similar level, she was at 300. So I went to 300. And then I kind of worked on a very, very intensive project for a long period of time. And I felt like I gained a lot of skills and I went on holiday. And when I came back, I got brought back by that agency and I just said, my rate is now 350. And I left it like that. I didn't explain why. I didn't justify myself. And they just accepted. Um, I did also do a job for 400. Again, just told them. And I worked that out relatively because of the experience that I had. But what I was going into, the project it was, the brand it was for. And that's also where you can be a little bit flexible when you're working, you know, this can maybe be more for graphic designers and branding designers who potentially may fluctuate their rates according to packages. So if you're designing corporate identities for a tiny little startup compared to a giant corporation, those prices are going to be very, very different. And same can be for freelancing. If you're freelancing for an, a big brand who you, you know the project's going to be very intensive, the work's going to be a lot you might want to charge a little bit higher. But if you're working for some independent and you really believe in the work and you really want to put your heart into it, but they don't really have a lot of the money, maybe you'll go a little bit under. But again, not so far under. Please do not bring the market price down. <laughs> so something that Harriet and I both overlooked when we first started freelancing was holiday pay, sick pay or sick leave. Um, you know, time off. How do you factor those days off into your day rate? And there's actually a really, really easy equation for how to work this out. And this was actually posed to me by a friend of mine who I was working with, who was a permanent staff member. And she actually said to me, oh, how have you worked out your day rate? Are you factoring all your holiday and sick leave? And I was like, what? No, I never thought of that. When you're working out your day rate, you want to think about how much you want to earn, but also how much you need to earn to cover all of your expenses and your expenditure. So you're talking about what rent you need to cover, or if you're paying a mortgage, how much it costs to eat every month, things like that. So those are like givens that you have to pay for every month, but then add on what you desire to get paid. What is your ultimate annual salary that you would love to be paid? And obviously being realistic according to your skill level and experience. So if we were to look at an, a an annual salary of 50K, let's have a look at that and then work out how you get your day rate from there. And then obviously adding on according to your experience. So we're going to start with 254 working days. So that doesn't take into account weekends or public holidays. Those are actual days that you can work. So that is for 2020. In this year, there are 254 working days you can take. Then you want to factor in two things. You want to think about how many days of sick leave am I going to need? Obviously, if you have chronic illnesses or something like that, you're going to want to factor in more. We've chosen to go with about five sick days a year. Then you want to think about how much holiday you want to have. So what we've decided is a month sounds great. So 20 days. So all in all, you want to have 25 days of leave, basically, from work available to you to use. So if you then were to take 
the working days of 2020, which is 254 minus those 25 days off leave, you're left with 229 working days as a freelancer. Right. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take that salary that you want to earn or that you need to earn. So for this example, it's 50K. And you're going to divide that by the number of working days that are actually left for you to work, which means that you and you land up with an average day rate of 218 pounds a day. So that is quite low if you are more mid to senior level. And but that's your baseline. If you're wanting to earn 50K and that's before tax, then it's 218. You will live comfortably with if you were to work every day of those 229 working days with a month's holiday and five days leave. Now, we know in the freelance world that sometimes you will not be working all those days. For instance, I've been off this entire month, not by choice, but by I just haven't had work come in. So that's already a month gone, plus my month that I want to take holiday. So that's why freelancers' rates are high and everyone goes oh but you're living that freelance life and you get paid so much it's to factor in these months that we're not working absolutely when you're on holiday for that month which harriet and i will be soon there's no money coming in you know you have to make sure that you have accounted for all of that time off exactly so with all this month off maybe factor in minusing off another 20 days just to be on the safe side and then work it out from there Again, you can work every day of the year and I hope that you do manage to find find that chance and we pray that that's what you get. But sometimes the reality is not. I mean, there's moments when Brittany hasn't worked for a couple of weeks. I haven't worked for a couple of weeks. Now this is the first time I've ever not worked for like a whole month. So it's in constant it flux. Absolutely in constant flux. And I think it's important as well, once you've worked these out and you have this going for you and it comes to that time where you do take your holiday leave, That is your holiday leave. You have earned that. You have accounted for it and you have prepared for it. So enjoy it. Do not think of those days as you missing out on a day's pay. Absolutely. Because so often we think, oh no, I'm missing out on 350 pounds and while you're lying on the beach. It becomes really easy to fall into the trap of equating anything that you do about a day to be your day rate yeah so say even if you are sick you're like i'm losing out on my on all this money or if you got a doctor's appointment and you can't make it into work for half a day you're like i'm missing out on half a day's rate and and it is such a dangerous slope to work on that's why it's really good to work it out like this and go right this is my desired annual uh, money i'd like to make let's factor in all these days off And I'll be okay if I have these moments in life where I'm not going to be working. Yeah, because why go freelance otherwise? You could stay in a permanent job and have your leave dictated to you. Exactly. You choose when you want to take leave. I'm taking off two months now and I'm very excited and I can. So one of the things that we covered earlier in the season was having a nest egg to make you feel slightly more secure. So having about three months of your expenses saved up to cover you in case you don't get any work. Absolutely. And even when you are freelancing, like myself right now, I haven't worked this whole month. I'm now going to be off for two months. So that's three months. I need to have that nest egg still. And I'm thankfully... I'm grateful that I do and I feel secure and I feel fine to now go on holiday for two months and come back in April and hit the ground running and it is so much better I can feel relaxed 
Yeah, absolutely. Another thing, when I started freelancing, I used to draw out basically the maximum amount of money that I could. So if I earned if I earned £1,500, I would take about £1,200 at home after tax. I would draw out probably about between 900 and a 1000 even sometimes more than that, after tax, and I would pay that to myself. So I was drawing out almost the maximum amount that I could without leaving any in my business bank account. I realized after a few months of doing this that it probably wasn't the best way to be doing things, and I started to then leave a bit of money in my business bank account. And what I'm doing now is I'm actually... I'm in the process of building up a bit of a second nest egg in my business bank account. So it means that my business is getting really healthy. Harriet's done exactly the same thing. And it means that you have then the power to pay yourself a constant um, a constant kind of wage or salary. So if you decide that 750, £750 pounds is what you want to earn each week, then that's what you can pay yourself constantly and consistently each week. And that looks really good if you're looking for something like a mortgage, which is really difficult to get yeah. as a freelancer. Because so far I'm off for these three months, but because I've got a quite a healthy business bank account, I pay myself every uh, every month, I pay myself, and it will carry on paying me for these three months that I'm going to be off because I still have the money in there, even though there's no money coming in because I haven't been working, but I'm still personally paying myself. So it is really good, like Britt said, to create that. So if you're looking at credits or you're looking at mortgages or things like that, it looks like you're in a healthy balance. Absolutely. It's also really good to leave money in your business bank account. And this is mainly for people who are going with a limited company, uh, but also even if you're a sole trader is when that, time comes to pay tax you have it it's there and you've saved it yeah absolutely so all these chats about budgets and money and holiday and working out sick leave it's all so that you can really stress less and the ultimate thing is you decided to go freelance because you wanted to be flexible you wanted to kind of control your time do things when you wanted to if you wanted to take three months off You could take three months off if you wanted to run errands in the morning and work in the afternoons, you could. And that is why you've done chosen this. So try figure out ways and it is really hard to ease your mind when you're not working and you're not getting that day rate and it's not coming in. Yeah, I think you have to kind of make peace with the choice that you have decided to be a freelancer. Freelancing is up and down and that's the way that it is. And when it's good, it's really good. Just yeah. keep that in mind. And that brings us to Win Some Dim Sum of the Week. Okay, Harry. Right. Um, I'm going to start with my dim sum. It has been a hellish, hellish, probably 72 hours for me. Um, well, mainly because Thursday night last week, I, well, actually Thursday day, I kind of, was getting excited about potentially getting this freelance job for the last week that I'm in London. And I thought, great, I'm going to have like a little bit of um, almost like spending money just before I leave for South Africa this Friday. And I lost it. Fine. Because I'm basically not available past Friday and they wanted someone who could maybe continue the job afterwards. And I kind of made peace with that. And then that evening, my flatmates and I got notice on our incredible flat in London Fields. And I'm absolutely devastated. It's the first, first place I've really felt like I've made home 
So that was Thursday night. And then Friday morning, my dad nearly died. <laughs> he got a really near fatal aneurysm burst in his stomach and basically lost five liters of blood. And yeah, this is all super really personal, but it's to show that, you know, life happens and it throws you massive curveballs just when you think you are on the straight it kind of goes, oi, let me just test you here. And it was a massive test. Um, the winsome is that my dad is stable and his stats are getting positive. And I've spent the weekend with him and he's doing good. And actually, it's a blessing that I didn't get that job this week because I'm now more available for him. I um, can work everything out and I can have my emotions sit on that instead of getting distracted by a job that I would never be fully committed to because I would be worrying about my dad so in the end we win some we so, done some thank god yeah exactly uh, there's honestly some parts that Harriet left out of that we had we tried to go to Brighton on Friday to to interview some accountants our trains were cancelled like we've, we've had other people cancel for podcasts and stuff it's been it's been an up and down weekend totally it's just been absolutely out of control and I was just like what the fuck is this a joke everything <laughs> was just going wrong I was totally shattered but I'm so also grateful to have this woman next to me right here because she came and met me at Waterloo Station yesterday with a bag full of treats and lavender bath bombs and lavender little cream to help me sleep because I haven't been sleeping and a little chalky and it was just wonderful and I got to finally sleep properly last night and have a good bath so <laughs> I got your back sound. girl you got my back girl what about you um not as traumatic as you that's okay good give us some good yeah. stuff so my winsome and my dimsome are kind of the same this week. So it is getting very close to my wedding, which I'm so excited about. Woo! I'm um, the maid of honor. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so as I said, they're kind of the same. So as we approach the wedding, yay, my winsome is it gets closer to the wedding and marrying the person I love. The dimsum is that there's a lot of wedding admin. I had to go through 15 pages of napkins. Oh my God. Ago. I have invoices coming out of my ears. Oh my I God. haven't even looked at the seating chart yet. And I still have to design 90% of the stationery. Oh God. That's why you should have asked someone to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have the contact of any designers? Yeah. <laughs> Please do drop a mail. Although you'll only be listening to this probably once she's got married, married already. Yeah, off the market. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for listening along this episode. we really episode. hope that this has helped you feel more secure on how to charge. We're definitely going to dive deeper into the subject matter in the second season. It is such a big one to cover. And we do think it's so important to start opening up that conversation. Absolutely. Start talking to your friends about how much they earn if they are freelancers. Open that door to conversation and to, to being vulnerable at first. But the more you talk about it, the more comfortable you feel talking about it. And I think, the less, as we said, the less taboo it becomes. Yeah. We do recommend checking out these websites. Check out surveys. A great, the great book to read, Alex Holder's Open Up, Let's Talk About Money. It's really informative. There's a bunch of other books on, on the market that you can check out. And let's all just get more confident about what we're worth and how much we charge. And stop dropping the market price. Booyah. <laughs> Over and out. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and DM us if there's any topics you'd like us to cover or if you've got a question to ask. If you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line. We're at 
thatfreelancelifepodcast at gmail.com.